I'm Lubna. And I'm John. And this is In Orbit. To our listeners who are new, welcome to this podcast. And to those who have been listening in, welcome back. Yes, we are thrilled. So how are you, John? And what's up? Oh, the same old. Same old, same old. Everything is exactly the same as always, but... I'm happy to be back on this podcast with you. It's lovely to hear your voice. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, John. Uh, we have just been back from celebrating a beautiful, beautiful Diwali party at our Gurgaon office. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Last evening, uh, we had a very nice do and it was uh, quite a lot of fun because festivities are beginning to set in and there's a nip of winter in the air. So beautiful times. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm getting excited because I'll be flying to Houston to be with uh, my larger team there and to also be with um, a, a larger KBR team that is helping put on the annual charity golf tournament. Oh, how lovely. That, that should be a lot of fun. And John, didn't you yeah. just have a super fun episode? Didn't you just do this amazing, not episode rather, I would say a super amazing interview. <laughs> so yeah, this this episode is about a topic that um, that I am I was somewhat familiar with just because when you hear the term asset management, that is that is a big part of KBR's business. It's something that we have decades of expertise in helping clients um, handle. And I had the opportunity to sit down and speak with Doug Hill, who's the Vice President of Operations for KBR's Readiness and Sustainment Business, to talk about asset management broadly, but more specifically, to talk about something called Asset Ikigai, which is KBR's next generation asset management framework. And you'll hear in the interview that Doug goes into a lot of detail about how Asset Ikigai uses the tools of the fourth industrial revolution, things like, analytics, machine learning, um, AI, things like that. But I was really interested to hear that, you know, even with all of those next generation tools, that it really comes down to how you take the information that you're given and use your expertise to guide the customer in making decisions. So that was really, really interesting. And then the other thing that I thought was really interesting that you'll hear about is this concept of supply chain as a service. That's right. And I think what intrigued me about this title when you shared was, of course, something that you have also mentioned on your episode, which is the term Ikigai. And that's also a book I read a couple of years back. Ah. So we are going to (laughs) listen. So we're, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And, And you know what the fun part is, John? Both the authors of this book are Spanish and they have been living in Japan. And Japan is also one of our important uh, focus areas in terms of energy transition. Absolutely. So you see the orbiting that's happening around? (laughs) Most definitely. So let's just listen to the episode. I can't Yeah, let's check it out. So today we're going to be discussing something we haven't taken a deep dive on yet on the podcast, and that's asset management. And with us to talk about it is Doug Hill. Doug is Vice President of Operations for KBR's Readiness and Sustainment Business, which is part of KBR Government Solutions United States. And he's responsible for growth initiatives, asset management, and supply chain. Doug is going to be telling us about KBR's next generation asset management framework, which is called Asset Ikigai, and how we use it to deliver data and analytics-driven, risk-informed insights that enable better decision-making and maximize value for our clients. Welcome, Doug, and thank you for being with us today. Hey, great to be here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So 
the term asset management covers a lot of ground. It's it's very general and it covers things like physical things like a company's buildings and equipment to intangibles like IP finances or all the various factors that make up what you know we refer to as human capital. So for KBR generally, what are we referring to when we talk about asset management? Well, asset management is a service that we offer in readiness and in sustainment uh, where we manage uh, physical assets that are installed in, in facilities, or it could be other equipment such as rolling stock, whether it's a track vehicle or a seven-ton truck. And just think about anything that's on wheels and anything that's installed in a, in a facility. So we we maintain and service those assets. Excellent. So well, we're, we're talking about Asset Ikigai today. I recently read a book, and we were just talking about this a moment ago, which described this Japanese concept of one sense of purpose or reason for living. So is that where Asset Ikigai gets its name? You you got it. Now, the fact that you've read a book, you, you probably know more than I do, but uh, <laughs> no. we, we, uh, have, we have branded this. It, it is service mark for the, for the company, and we, and we refer to the term Asset Ikigai. We think it's catchy. And yes, it's it's Japanese meaning of a long, happy life with purpose. So as a branding concept, we're applying that to these assets that we we uh, we maintain. And I will tell you also, you know, just you know a little bit more about our experience in, in this area. For over 40 years, we have served government customers and have managed uh, assets. And so really, we Asset EKI was born and from that expertise and think about this for a second, John. Uh, as a company, we manage a quantity of eighty thousand assets worth over a billion dollars that are stored in our uh, computerized maintenance management system. So we have all this data, all this information that we manage for our clients, and we'll talk a little bit more about what we can do with that stuff. Right. That's that's incredible. An incredible amount of data, I'm sure. So we talk a lot about. Uh, on the podcast about the tools of the fourth industrial revolution and how they're changing the ways that everyone does business, whether public or private companies or governments. Um, have you found that to be true? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really disruptive to, in a good way, you know, because things move so quickly, you know, right now right? Uh, with digital tools and, and how we manage and interpret data. I, I want to really emphasize as much as the digital aspect and the technologies that it is, it is really about how do we manage data and how do we interpret that data and provide information to our, to our customers. And you know, some of the new digital tools that are out there that a lot of people really know about, uh, but we'll talk about it here for a second, are just sensors that you install on a piece of equipment that identify the health of the equipment itself. It's the Internet of Things, you know, the digital twins, the designs, if you will, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning. So all of this, the, the, the digital uh, kind of aspects and technology out there are changing how we, how we manage and serve our customers. Now, the other really important thing here, John, is digital technology gets a lot of attention. But, but within the asset management space, there's a shift occurring to the managerial approach to asset management, which we think is as important as the digital side of it. So we collect all this data, this information through the digital technologies, and then we have people that figure out what to do with that information and to make recommendations on how to um, improve performance. Um, and it, traditionally, organizations have managed their physical assets through separate functions. You know, so we've got the maintenance aspect, capital projects and energy, activities like budgets, uh, expertise, technology, and, and data have tended to operate in a siloed environment. 
And so they'll have very little insight into each other in terms of talking to each other, the information passing back and forth between those different silos. And it could create um, some unnecessary and, and unidentified risks in the, in the portfolio. So a big part of Ikigai, and you know the, Ikigai, you know, the Venn diagram, it's, you know, you're bringing all these different elements together um, to create that concept of Ikigai. Right. And we, we, what we call next generation asset management combines these technological innovations and new managerial approach to provide organizations with the right data, it's integrated, it's cross-functional analytics, and it helps to make better uh, decisions. And in, in the end, your assets may last longer in, in terms of how they're managed in the portfolio and risk will go down and also costs can go down as well. So we call this asset guy, and we're gonna apply this to our asset management solutions, which is a long, happy life with purpose. Absolutely. So, well, you were just talking about uh, how it doesn't really matter if you've got all this data unless you know what to do with it, unless you've got good people that can help, you know, take that and then collate it and then determine what the, the next steps are. So what are you, you mentioned this shift. What are the challenges that clients are facing with this paradigm shift that they've got all this uh, technological advancement, but then they also need, you know, this managerial approach to help them? Sure. And th this is where we get into, you know, a little bit of the, you know, the nut nuts and the bolts of, of the, the system and the analytics piece. Uh, first off, Asset Ikigai is an ISO 55001 certified asset management framework centered on a cloud-based analytics tool that helps customize, uh, customers maximize the value of their, of, of their physical assets. So that, that ISO 55000 certification is really about international data standards. And so I go, I'm, going, you know, I'm going back to that data discussion at the beginning where that, that's a really critical piece of where the world's moving in terms of what we do with data. And having this, this ISO uh, certification uh, has put us into a league uh, that many of our uh, competitors are not in. They don't have this ISO certification where we um, establish a set of data standards and capture the right information per piece of equipment and ensure that the data has integrity and, and it's accurate. So um, once we, we do that, we, we have the powerful analytics down to the individual asset level, meaning that it's true um, asset uh, management. Um, asset Ikigai also provides a powerful uh, risk management tool with quantification capabilities to help customers evaluate the trade-offs right. between cost and risk. So we have these dashboards that we've developed that will rank the, um, the criticality of the asset, where is it in its life cycle, and what are the chances that it might fail, and what would be the impact on the business. So we start to make a, a decisions in advance to you know, ensure that we can manage that risk and avoid a, a major um, outage or downtime of a critical piece of equipment. So as you mentioned previously, KBR's got 40 plus years of leading asset management experience, but they're also leaning heavy into the use of those tools that we just mentioned, analytics, machine learning, AI, through the Asset Ikigai platform. Can you tell us more about the platform specifically? Well, initially, Asset Ikigai was designed as a solution for our government uh, customers. Um, we also think there's an opportunity. To, yeah, we think there's an opportunity to deliver uh, Asset Ikigai uh, to commercial uh, customers as well, because really they they both have you know the sort of the same requirement in terms of, of managing the, the assets over the life cycle. Um, so our goal is really to provide, you know, that next generation asset management 
uh, services to both government and commercial. The, uh, okay. the initial focus for the product launch is, is with our government customers because we're all already doing asset management work for them. And, you know, when you think about it, uh, yeah, John, you know, we, um, we, we have rolled out some of our asset Ikigai analytics uh, to current operations and okay. supporting um, programs such as Diego Garcia in the Indian Ocean. Uh, it's Navy, Navy base out there on the British uh, territory up of Djibouti, Africa, naval support activity in Bahrain and other uh, locations. Um, we, we think right now that this is a differentiated offering with our current customers. And so as we go through recompetes and we um, look at our future work, we think it's going to be an improved offering, which will differentiate ourselves. And we also think we'll have opportunities to to expand our analytics and our advisory services with other customers right. using these analytics and the data through the cloud. And, and then we, we provide the recommendations on how to prove operations. Yeah, that's incredible to preempt, <laughs> preempt disaster. That's great. So um, you mentioned government customers. Uh, what other kinds of customers does Asset Ikigai benefit? Another, another great question. Um, so Ikigai is designed as, as a framework because it's, we, it's considered agile, nimble structure gotcha. that we can adjust uh, based on each customer. Because each customer is going to have different needs, different, different requirements, different things that we're going to have to, to manage. So the key with Asset Ikigai, this is really, really important, is that it, it is system or ERP agnostic. That word's used a lot nowadays, agnostic. And, you know, and, and yeah, te- te- technology neutral, meaning our customers don't have to abandon their existing systems and technology investments. Right. What we, what we do is we come in, you know, let's say they, they're operating Maximo or, or SAP. This is where KBR's true value is realized. We offer advisory services based on our years of asset management experience to help customers develop a holistic approach to asset management. And as the technology changes, we can guide them through the process to optimize their assets and extract a maximum possible value uh, from their portfolio. Right. As we discussed earlier, the uh, you know the fourth revolution. We're getting ready to go to the fifth revolution, probably. <laughs> you know and industrial revolution. And so technology is changing rapidly. And I think uh, when that happens, you know, we're, we're on the cutting edge of that, that information. We can help our clients adjust accordingly and take advantage of the changes. So I'm, I'm excited about this next one, because when we first started preliminary discussions for this, and this, this uh, concept was mentioned, I was like, Ooh, that's, that sounds very interesting. So asset Ikigai is also aligned with an exciting an innovative new offering at KBR, which is called Supply Chain as a Service. A lot of people might know of software as a service or uh, things like that. So now we have Supply Chain as a Service. Can you walk our listeners through how this idea of Supply Chain as a Service works? Sure thing. And it's really exciting uh, time um, with regards to Supply Chain as a Service. And the first thing I, I, w- I want to mention here is uh, KBR. When you look at our business today, we have a highly capable, differentiated, um, functional supply chain organization with over uh, 500 supply chain professionals. And we're executing 50,000 transactions valued at $3.4 billion annually. So that that is like an internal support function to make sure we deliver to our customers today. So over the years, we've, we've created, a, I think, a really strong supply chain organization and this service that we currently have includes vendor and demand planning management, procurement, you know, distribution of the goods, 
service contracting and inventory management. Uh, so again, you know, John, the impact on our business uh, is extraordinary and critical to meeting customer requirements. Now, where where supply chain as a service uh, comes in, uh, you know, it really it means a lot of different things to different people. Sure. Uh, and and we have to always you know sometimes need to narrow that that definition down a bit. But in short, it's about selling our services, our supply chain services directly to clients who desire to outsource some or all of their supply chain operations. We, we have defined these supply chain offerings in the realms of demand planning, purchasing, inventory management, distribution, you know, all the things I just mentioned uh, previously. Right. We think we can sell that, that service to our, to our clients. And then the other piece is just look at the automation, the artificial intelligence, the machine learning uh, technologies that are on the market today. You know, KBR's supply chain is is starting to incorporate those uh, digital technologies in our supply chain operations. And there's some real tangible opportunities that we're pursuing. You know, we think that there's an existing and emerging markets within supply chain as a service with both the Department of Defense and uh, federal uh, government civilian markets. Uh, John, for example, there, there are opportunities uh, within the Veterans Affairs, uh, United States Agency for International Development and Defense Logistics Agency, to, to, to name a few, mm-hmm. where they, outs- they outsource some of their uh, su- supply chain requirements. The, the key to entering this market and having success is having a really you got to have a technology kicker, right? You know all the technologies and digital enablers we've talked about today, along with the expertise to manage the supply chains, making them more efficient, effective, and understanding the global risk and, and how they 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 impact uh, downstream events. We think we have both the technology and domain expertise to break into this market. Yeah, it sounds like a really really exciting opportunity. And again, when you're when you're talking about a company like KBR that's already familiar with all of this uh, digital technology and then has the, the expertise. Um, it, yeah, it sounds incredible. I'm looking forward to, to seeing how that unfolds. Um, a couple more questions for you. What are some of the changes or trends on the horizon, either technological or otherwise, that these solutions or this, these offerings are going to help clients address? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and, I, and I think, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's all about data integration. I'm back to the right. data topic and virtual control towers. You know, you may have heard that term, where you have all this supply chain information that's related to to time, cost, and and quality. And um, there's also demand planning tools with with AI. So you just just think of. Of, of, of all the information that's gathered through a procurement process and you create a, a historical record and then you also have all these other factors that could impact demand. It can be, it can be uh, ge- geographical issues, it can be social economic issues, it could be seasonal, uh, it could be raw material shortages. And to, to, the, to the extent that you're able to take all that information and predict what the future is going to be, is really where you can have a breakthrough um, in, in supply chain management. The the other types of um, technologies that are out there now are risk management tools, where there's there's companies that have developed AI, and we've partnered with a couple of, of companies where they've developed AI where you can analyze your supplier base at the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth tier level. Think about 
you know, when you strike an agreement with a supplier, well, they have suppliers and their suppliers have suppliers and their suppliers have suppliers. And to be able to, um, you know, get some artificial intelligence to predict what that performance of those suppliers will be is something that is starting to emerge into the market. Um, and so that risk management piece in supply chain, and we talked about risk and asset management as well, or is, is really, is really critical. And you, you may remember, I mean, right now, as, as, as we talk, I mean, we have a lot of supply chain challenges in the world, um, you know, with short shortages of, of raw material and goods. So, so tech, so you got to have that technology to break in, um, uh, to supply chains of service. And, and we're, we're bringing that into our portfolio and we're, we're, we've established partnerships with companies to enable us to put out um, bids. Uh, and supply chains of service, we actually, you know, have a couple of um, opportunities that we're um, pursuing and and have been submitted and under evaluation. And then, last but not least, the most important thing is the people. Right. And you you have to have the you have we have we have the right people to to integrate and manage the systems, the technology, and, and the data to help our clients in the future. That's outstanding. So, with all that in mind, who should someone reach out to if they want to learn more about? KBR Asset Ikigai or Supply Chain as a Service? I'm going to nominate you since you've read the book <laughs> on Ikigai, John, which which I just think is great. But but uh, and, uh, yes, um, myself, of course, um, for, for any of these topics, uh, uh, I would encourage people also to reach out to Steve Francis, who runs our business unit, uh, business development team, uh, Jonathan Colburn, who's our global asset management leader. And Jonathan is really the the guy deserves a lot of credit behind the asset Iki guy and is sort of our, our designer and thought leader in, in that area. And also um, Adrian Burke, who's our uh, senior director of supply chain. He's someone you can reach out and talk to about the supply chain services. Excellent. So yeah, listeners, if you're out there, you want to know more, contact those folks. If you want to know something about the basic principles of Iki guy, yeah, you can email me and I'll talk to you about it, but that's less interesting. I'm sure. Uh, Doug, while I've got you, is there anything else you'd like to to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I would just say uh, right now it's a very exciting uh, time, you know, for the business. It's there's a lot of challenges ahead of us, and and I think that uh, KBR is well positioned to to be successful in in the future. And it and it comes back, uh, you know, to our people, the great employees that we have, the great customers that we have. And the more technology and digital enablers that we bring into the fold, uh, the, the more success we're going to have. Excellent. Looking forward to seeing how it all unfolds. And again, appreciate your time immensely. Thank you. So, John, that was such a cool interview. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I didn't know as a company we managed as many as 80,000 assets worth over a billion dollars which are actually stored in our computerized maintenance management systems. It was fabulous. Yeah, it, it, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, mind-blowing is the word. Mind-blowing. <laughs> and it's amazing how we can preempt disaster using our technology and how the next generation asset management services are not just for the government customers, but also for the commercial customers as they require, they have the same kind of asset management requirements. And the holistic approach that uh, Doug or Douglas talks about, it all ties in so well with you know what what our offerings are. I could not agree more. Uh, I thought it was fantastic that uh, to hear about what Asset Ikigai does, what KBR expertise enables the customer to do, 
not from just a managing your asset standpoint, but being proactive, making those decisions before before disasters happen, being able to uh, prevent those things by by looking at the information and saying this this is something that could happen, and then being able to to completely avoid it is uh, pretty pretty interesting and a huge benefit for the customer, as you said, both government and private sector customers. And other and the numbers are absolutely impressive. We have over. 500 supply chain uh, professionals and we're mm -hmm. executing 50,000 transactions valued at 3.4 billion. I mean, that, I mean, it's staggering. The numbers are amazing and we don't even realize most of the times when we are focusing on various other highlight areas that actually so much, so much work is being put in by our amazing, amazing team to achieve so many different targets at so many different layers and levels and to make a delivery to our customers smooth. So I think that was a very, very fabulous interview you did. Oh, thank you. Yet yeah, again. It, it, it speaks to KBR's team of team ethos it speaks to the breadth and depth of uh, our domain expertise across all of these different industries and outlets. And um, it's very, very exciting. So if anyone listening to this, uh, supply chain professionals, if you're looking for a fantastic gig, you might want to head over to the careers page at kbr.com and see what opportunities are available. Absolutely. We would be thrilled to have you join our team because we value our people. And our people are our strength, as you can see. Absolutely. Um, and we celebrate you on this podcast. So who knows, tomorrow you might be on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, and, and speaking of which, if you have a, a an idea for a podcast or you like something you've heard and you just want to drop us a line, please let us hear from you at inorbit at kbr.com. And as always, thank you to Emma, our wonderful producer, for the hard work that she does in helping us put the show together. We could not do it without her. So thank you, Emma. Until next time, John, when I see you in person, hopefully very soon. Yes, looking forward stay to it. Stay safe. Yes, you too. Stay healthy and stay happy. Talk to you later.